Years and years ago, um, there was a man sitting in the front row of the Bible study at, when it was first started, and he was an old man. His name was, I found out his name was Charlie Coltrane. And um, uh, I, I did his funeral when he was 96. I think he'd be early 80s then. And he asked me for breakfast. Can we get breakfast sometime? And so we left the Bible study and got breakfast at Lester's Diner in Fort Lauderdale. And he said, I've been looking for parenting tapes. How come you haven't done any parenting tapes? And I said, well, I don't know that anybody would buy any of my parenting tapes. So I hadn't done it. He says, well, I want to produce your parenting tapes. And I said, well, Mr. Coulter, and that's expensive. He said, yeah, I know. Here's a check for $20,000 to Sheridan House to do parenting tapes. And I did something I never do. I pushed the check back to him. Usually the checks get caught on my fingers as I'm pulling them to me. And I gave him the check back and I said, well, let's just talk. Because I don't want to be the guy that took $20,000 from an old guy who really didn't have it and have his family come and whatever. So I wanted to get to know him a little better. Could he actually afford this? Because he was in an old cutlass Oldsmobile. And so we're talking and we're talking and we're talking and I'm asking him questions. He, I found out months later he knew what I was doing. So I could do a background check and I called Rosemary's brother, who was at that point vice president of service master in Chicago, and uh, uh, can you do a background check? And he calls me a few days later and says, where'd you meet this guy, Charles Coltrane? And I said, why? And he said, because he's amazing. He said, well, what, what do you mean? I mean, he drives an old, old Cutlass. And he said, uh, no, he's the largest car dealer in Ohio. His flagship dealership is in Canton, Ohio, where he was. He built the Football Hall of Fame. And I'm saying, really? So I'm out with Mr. Coltrane again. I'm, I'm going back now to see if he wants to be involved. And he says, I said, I I'm shocked you're driving a Cutlass, the six or seven year old Cutlass. And he said, I like this car. And then we went on and we're talking. He said, now my wife drives a Cadillac. Um, but he says, I'm, I'm Midwest, not East Coast. He said, the Midwest has a farmer mentality. They want, don't want you to think you have anything much. The East Coast wants you to think you have so much more than you actually have uh, people that drive around and whatever. And I thought, wow. And so I started having um, breakfast or lunch with him every couple weeks, and I started really listening. And some brilliant uh, fundraising things came out of his mouth, development things. And one of the things, when he's the guy that said, tell the story, show the story. That's what I got that from him and one other guy. Tell the story, show the story, and one-on-one and -on -one is the answer. Just what you did with me, Bob, one-on-one's -on -one the answer. But be able to either get them there or show it to them. And this passage today that we're going to look at is very similar into get to know, listen, I listened to him, I listened to him, I listened to Gene Rupp, who was the vice president of development at Taylor University. And just listening, we need to listen, but we need to listen to God. Colossians 2.6, and now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. You must continue to follow him. You must continue to follow him. So we come to Christ, and that's not the destination. That's just the beginning. That's the bare bones beginning. It's like you get married and you think, I got married. No, you are beginning marriage, and it's a forever process. It takes years to actually be and get there. And, you know, the whole picture in Genesis, and the man and his wife will become one flesh. It's not a sexual reference. It wouldn't say it like that. It would say, and that night they became one flesh. Over the period of years, two very different, and God in his awesomeness has opposites marry. And in his, in his wisdom, he said, you, you need each other. You need each other. But it takes years and years to get there. So in this picture here, it's I, I 
came to Christ, but now I need to grow in Christ. And especially in times of stress, confusion, fear, depression. I mean, we talked about this Monday in, in this building's devotions about I, 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 up until two weeks ago, I was, I was not doing well over the COVID, over the country, over the this, over the that. And I realized I'm, in, I'm absolutely insulting God. I'd lost confidence in Almighty God. He's still on the throne. Absolutely still on the throne. And I'm convinced three or four years from now we're going to look back and go, oh my, look what God did. He caused a revival in the churches. Oh my goodness. And so the, the picture here is, I, it's just, I, I acknowledge Christ as my Savior, but I have to take the, take the lifetime learning steps. Acknowledging Christ as my Savior is just the beginning, not the destination. I need to then spend the rest of my life learning to follow him. Learning to follow him. How do I do that? Well, next verse. Let, and let is such a key word here, let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the, in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. So there's, there's basically three things in here, three steps in going through this process. And, and the first step is let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Let let your roots grow down. Let your lives be built on him. First thing is the word let says to me that I need to remove any lifestyle boulders that are in the way of my Christian growth, in the way of my roots digging down. Any lifestyle boulders. I live uh, about four miles from here, and I've got about, uh, an, uh, about three or four inches of soil, and then all the rest is coral. Uh, and I don't know if other people are experiencing that where they live, but the rest where I am is coral rock. And what you have to do to plant something uh, in that and, and remove the coral rock, and it's thick coral rock, and it's in the way of the roots of the, the little trees I have growing. That's, that's here. I mean, the question I have to back up with, what are the things in the way of my personal growth, in my lifestyle, in my doubt, in my anything? What's, what's in the way? And I love Psalm 1, 1. It says, Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with the mockers. There's three steps here. Oh, the joys of those who don't follow uh, CNN or whatever. Follow, and, but then take the next step after follow and, and follow, follow the advice and then stand around with them. Hang in that. And then the final one is join in. Now, i got to be very careful who's in my head and what's in my head and make sure what's in my head is this right here. And this is, I admit this is challenging. Over at Costco, the little audiologist is, is Nikki's slowly becoming a daughter, and I, I have to keep going over to her about my ear, hearing aids. I know they can do so much more, and... Uh, and I go and I say, I, I, I got the app like you told me to, but I know they can do more, but um, can you show me how to do this? And she said, you're not reading, are you? And I said, what do you mean I'm not reading? I gave you the app. It's got everything you need. And I said, Nikki, it's, it's not in English. I mean, those are English words, uh, but the tech part, I have no clue what it is. That's why I'm coming. Do this. And she finally, she's, she runs on our Goliath gauntlet. She finally said, I'm not doing it anymore for you. You've got to decide to learn. That's this. I've got to decide I really want this. I really, really want this. Yeah, and as I do that, as I get rid of the obstacles, 
Yeah. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught, is the next part of that verse, letter B. I need to grow my faith in Christ by trusting him with my difficult decisions. I was taught that he is the miracle-working God. I need to believe it. I was taught. I need to actually, actually, actually believe it. Yeah, let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built, be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. This is so important. One of the most dangerous things in the ministry, and I think it's most especially for the male gender, is success. I've watched guys, pastors, whoever, in the ministry, and it may be not just people in the ministry, who were successful, were, were humble and awesome and dependent on God, and then as they got more and more successful, they actually decided they deserve. I deserve to have that. I deserve to be able to do that. I deserve whatever it is. I deserve that. My wife's not meeting my needs. I deserve that. And all, all just because of success, and how many times, especially in this county, have we seen, I mean, really great pastors, preachers go down the tubes, tons, after success. There's a key here, thankfulness, and thankfulness says, I know how I got everything I have. It's all you. It's all you. And so, Lord, I will not take the credit or the glory. I need to give God all the glory. Giving God the glory is not for him. It's something I need to do for me, is to remind myself that all I have or ever hope to have is from God. All I have or ever, and, and I, if I were to redo this outline, I'd add one more. It's also for those who are watching. How did this happen? It's him. It's God. It's God. It's all God. I need to give God the glory for those that are watching. Yeah, because Ephesians 3.20, now, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that's at work in us, to him be glory in the church in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Him. Imagine if we were really committed as a family every hour what he could do here. It'd be astounding. I mean, I'm already astounded. I'm, I'm the guy when we got the property and there was nothing here but weeds and trees that parked on the access road and told God, if I never get to see a building, I'm amazed you got us this property. I'm good. And I know the angels must have looked at him in heaven and go, wow, Bob doesn't have a clue. He has no clue who you are, what you're going to do. Wow. And quite honestly, at that moment, if I'd have known he was going to do this, I'd have been terrified. This is too big. And watching this ministry over here, it's amazing. Amazing, the hope. It goes on in Colossians 2.8. Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world rather than Christ. I, I think some have been captured by the news media. I think some have been captured by Facebook and cyber world rumors. And then all of a sudden, are we going to be okay? Unto him who's able to do exceedingly and abundantly beyond all we would ask or imagine. Yeah, we, we have to decide. Now, when the, the cool thing about this is uh, Colossae didn't have a Bible. 
And then all of a sudden, and I, I, I want to I know this in heaven, all of a sudden God says to, basically to Paul, you've been a great evangelist, you've been a great debater, I need you to be a writer. And so I'm going to chain you to your desk for the next years to write, and then what about when I lose my sight, to dictate. And when Paul got to heaven, I don't know how they did it, and I kind of hope you don't instantly know everything in heaven. I hope all of a sudden you go, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, wow. And if somebody handled Paul a Bible and said, I want you to turn near the back. Well, what's that? That's the letter I wrote to Philippi, to Colossae, to Ephesus, to, 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 wow. Because I think there were times of discouragement, Lord, and when I lost my vision and I had to dictate and they had to help me around. And No, you have no idea what you did, Paul. But here's what you did do. You trusted me during the difficult, horrible, whatever times. You trusted me with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. Because there had to be times, Paul, where you were thinking, I don't understand, Lord. I was a really good debater and evangelist. I don't understand. I, no, you trusted me and just did what was in front of you to do. Yeah, no, I'm chaining you to your desk. Don't let anyone, don't let anyone capture. So what we have to do is we have to choose to, what we're captured by and we have to be captured by this book. And as difficult as it is, we have to be captured and, and really, 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 really want this. I want to know this, Lord. And I want to know this so that I can be walking through life smiling. Oh, I know. This is why you gave me this three or four verses this morning to, to chew on. I see it now. Yeah, I, I think it's an interesting time because churches are just starting to come back to come together when we, I mean, with all that's going on out there, this is the time we needed to be together the whole time and not and coming to study his word and chewing his word and I also think it's kind of interesting when we come together and have different thoughts on different passages in the Bible. Uh, somebody posted something about my, uh, and two guys saw it posted and came and told me about it. Um, they're they're kind of ridiculing me, but whatever. Uh, my interview at Boca Raton Community Church to be their uh, interim. And Boca Raton Community Church is basically a Midwest church in, from, in um, Boca Raton. And so the, its retired pastors are their elders. And apparently they've been arguing about a lot of doctrinal stuff. And they asked me in the interviews, I'm being interviewed, well, are you, are, do, do you believe in predestination or do you believe in free will? And I said, both. I said, what do you mean both? I said, they're both in the Bible. Well, how do you do that? I have no clue. And then they asked, are you premillennial or postmillennial? And I said, actually, I don't know. And one of them got really mad, and he said, well, what do you believe? And I was, this was a little flippant on my part, and I shouldn't have said this. I said, well, here's what I believe. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. And one of my best friends was chairman of the elders, and Anthony walks me to my car, and I said, and with that, guys, I'm going to pray for you and go. And Anthony walks me, held back the laughter until we got out of the building, and I said, I feel bad sending you back in there, man. He said, no, this has been coming for a long time. You know, it's my doctrine or leave. And watching that, and we, we, we major on the minors. Our job at such a time as this is to love the people around us. And the most important people to love around us are the people we don't like. Love your enemy that we wouldn't automatically be drawn towards. So that's why I'm nice to Benetta. I wouldn't be, you know, but I, I yeah, love the, <laughs> love, the pe love the people around us. Love the people around us. Love the people around us. Yeah. 
We will only grow deeper in Christ when we dive deeper into his word together. Together. Isolated from other Christians, we can distort the word of God so as to meet our own personal sinful desires. It's okay for me to have that, okay for me to buy that, okay. Now, what does this say? It's, it's, we're called to give. We're called to give encouragement. We're called to give financially. We're called to give till we feel it as a sacrifice for Christ. Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies, it says. It goes on to say, for in, for in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. So you're also... So you also are complete through your union with Christ. Listen to this. Who is the head of every Christian ruler. Oh, it doesn't say that. There is no ruler anywhere that slipped by Christ. So if all things work together for good for those who love God, I don't know what's going on. I don't sit on the committee in heaven. I do know he's in charge. And so my job is to give it up to him. I trust you, Lord. Bob Geisinger used to be on staff here. And Bob Geisinger uh, played outfield for the, for the uh, Braves. Uh, just to show how old he is, Minnesota, um, uh, Milwaukee Braves. And he came and set up his office and had a baseball glove. It was the floppiest, loosest baseball glove I've ever seen. He was an outfielder. And so I went home and got my baseball glove, uh, which is stiff as a board because it was never used, and I swapped him. I stole his glove and put my glove up there, and he knew I did it. He came down the hall, and I said, how'd this glove get, get like this? This is amazing. He said, because um, it was worn by an athlete, and it actually got used in sports, which he was looking at me like, that's why yours isn't. And, and, and we're a glove, and the Holy Spirit, Christ, comes to live in us, and there's a beginning of a yielding of, of my habits, my attitudes, my we're, and i got to yield, so I'm totally useful in so many different ways. And, and, and that's so incredible to me. When I came to be interviewed at Sheridan House in 1974, and uh, I said, I just want to make sure we're all aware of this. Uh, I'm, not, I'm coming to do one thing. you got this one little house with boys. I'm coming to work with boys. I will never do any public speaking, and I will never do any fundraising. I see that as the board's responsibility. And I know that Jesus and the, and the angels are looking at each other going, boy, he doesn't have a clue. And the stretch out of my comfort and throwing up in a parking lot once on the way in to speak and, and just not knowing fear at that level. And, of course, you know that was all pride. Totally pride. Yeah, I, I, I don't know exactly how this is accomplished in me, but I have Christ in me. The quest is to work at listening to his voice in me and abandon my, own desi my old desires and egos. Yeah, it's First John 4, 4. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who's in the world. Yeah, so back to the first verse. And now, just as you accepted Christ as your, uh, as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. I've accepted him as my Savior, but a Lord, making him Lord means every hour. Everything I think about, look about, talk about, making him Lord of my life, not just Savior of my life. And I think we've linked those words together, Savior and Lord, too tightly. 
I think we have all known people who had him as a savior, but sure didn't live like he was their Lord. And, and that, that's a constant job. So, and now, just as you accepted Christ as your Lord, you must continue to follow him, and it's a today thing. This is the day the Lord has made. And I get up tomorrow and re-up it. That's why it's so important to have time early in the morning with Jesus. I get up tomorrow and re-up it, and get up tomorrow and re-up it, and get up tomorrow and re-up it, and chew on what he puts in front of me. Make sure, wow, what does that mean for me today? And there have been times I've actually written it out on a card to just go through the day. I have no idea what this means, Lord. And there have been a couple of times where it's like, oh my goodness, you just did it in front of me. Yeah, Bob, but so much time of the time. I do it in front of you every day. You're not paying attention. Release control. You follow your Lord by serving your Lord rather than serving yourself. You serve Christ by serving others in a way that brings Christ the glory. In a way that brings Christ the glory. Serving. Serving. Yeah. Why, why did you do that? Why did you give that? Jesus, how could I not? Greatest man in my life, probably, my pastor, the founder of Sheridan House, Bill Billingsley, and I've told this before, and he's the one that challenged me that the tithe uh, is just the obedience, that the offering past the tithe is the worship. And I remember asking him, Pastor, how much do you give? And he said, oh, it's really none of your business, but I've st I a long time ago started adding 1% a year. So 11%, 12%, 30%. And I knew that I, that I can't do that. So I added a half a percent a year. And right, I mean, and a German that I am, and cheap, right to the penny half a percent. So 10 and a half, then 11, and got to a certain thing, goal that I wanted to get to. Not to Billingsley's goal. When I became the interim there, when I come an interim, I call for the finances and usually go down the hall and ask somebody explain this to me. And I said, uh, I know I should never ask this, but to the finance guy, I said, how much did Billingsley give? And he said, it's amazing. He was a 50% giver. And I said, how much did he make? And I don't remember what it was, but it wasn't that much. It was just amazing. And God just blessed his life and his ministry. And wow, the, the whole deal here is, uh, if you are who you say, we can trust you with everything. Number six. <laughs> I just want to stop for a second. Kim, this was the greatest slide on the planet with Bill Gruntler because he was sitting right there. The room came alive uh, and burst out laughing. You allow him on property or whatever. It was perfect. Thank you for that. You don't have to figure out your assignment. As you quest to serve him every day, he will get you to your assignment. Just serve. Just serve. You know what? Catherine, you're an example of that. For years, you served here for free. You were so shocked when we asked, when we asked you to work here and us pay you that I'll never forget you coming out of the mailroom with your first check and you were in shock. Yeah, you served and God got you here. I know you're embarrassed now, but I like embarrassing you. But you served and God got you here. Yeah, it's so, what's in front of you? Just do what's in front of you to do, period, end of story, and watch what he does. He knows the plans he has for you. And it's the job of the evil one to try to discourage you. He can't have you. You're, going, you're his and you're going to heaven. But he can debilitate you 
discourage you have those days and yeah up until about a week and a half ago I was I like realized wow what an insult to Almighty God you're so in charge and we will see it he loves you he has a plan for you and bottom line here he just wants you <laughs>